Streetlights are on, and you're listening to Largely the Truth with Brennan Store. To all you restless sleepers and midnight creepers, bleary eyed truckers and the graveyard shift, this is Brennan Store, and you're listening to Largely the Truth. Whether you're staring at a screen or the lines on the road, all is well. For the next little while, it's going to stay that way. Because I'm here. You're there. And together, we're going to explore the night. Welcome back, folks. This is Largely the Truth. I am your host, Brennan Store, And my guest this week is a man who I think is doing very important work. That man is Mark Semler. He is the founder of Blue Pine Society, an Arizona-based organization which helps raise awareness of testicular cancer and men's health issues through a, a number of efforts, but very specifically through their Beer School program. Beer School 15 is happening roughly a week after this episode drops, and Mark joins me to talk about Beer School, testicular cancer, what Blue Pint means to him, how he got involved, and we talk about positive masculinity, which I think is something people do not talk enough about. And just before we check in with Mark, I want to remind you that if you want an ad-free feed, head over to patreon.com slash large to the truth. And for $2 a month, you get a completely ad-free feed and bonus conversations when available. I recently posted an additional 20 minutes with Moonrunner83, and after this episode airs, I'll be posting the roughly 45-minute long conversation that Mark and I had after, after the episode was recorded, where we talked about the Wing Syndicate, which is sort of a hobby project of his where he rates chicken wings. So if you ever thought, boy, I want to hear Bren talk about chicken wings for 45 minutes, $2 a month gets you in the door. All right, we'll talk more at the end of the show, but for now, we're going to reach out into the night and say hello to Mr. Mark Semler, founder and CEO of the Blue Pine Society. My guest tonight is Mark Semler, founder and CEO of Blue Pine Society, an Arizona-based organization dedicated to raising awareness of testicular cancer. Founded in 2014, Blue Pine has worked with breweries, cideries, and meaderies, first in Arizona and later across the USA to spread the word of men's health and destigmatize the conversation around a disease that is treatable, but all too often left undiagnosed. One major way Mark and Blue Pint accomplishes this is through their Beer School events, one of which I was lucky enough to be part of last year, and with Beer School 15 only a week away, he's here to talk to us about the event, his inspiration, and why I think he's an example of positive masculinity. Mark, welcome to Largely the Truth. Brennan, thank you so much. So happy to be here, my man. Oh, I've, I've been, I've been looking forward to this. I, uh, you know, it's funny sometimes when I know people, I don't think of them as I should also interview this person, but you know, then when, when it finally clicked in my head, I thought, Jesus, of course I should interview this person. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, sir. I, I really do. Oh yeah. No, I think, you know, blue pint society is, uh, what you guys, what you do is, is a very, very important. And, uh, to that end, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Blue Pine Society is? So Blue Pine Society is something that actually we accidentally started. My buddy uh, Justin and I were sitting around on a couch and, of course, uh, drinking a few beers, as, as we do. 
And I said, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could get a group of dudes together and just go drink beer just for a cause or something? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. Rather than throwing our dollars down the drain, maybe we can help somebody help something out. I said, hey, man, do you uh, do you have anything off off the top of your head? Of course, we started kicking around the different cancers, breast cancer, brain cancer, we kind of felt like those are covered, especially with the with the Pink Boots Society here in Arizona. We've also got right. the Susan G. Komen run, various different, whatever you want to call it. And not that they don't deserve that. They absolutely do. But it gets a lot of media coverage. So right. I started thinking back to um, earlier in my life. And uh, I was like, dude, why not testicular cancer? He's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, Perfect. Hands up in the air. This is exactly what we have to do. Um, You know, brings us to a back to a point of uh, if you don't know what it is and you're too manly to get checked, you're probably going to die. And that's not good for anybody, including your stock portfolio. Right. That's it. It's hard for a dead man to spend money. The pharaohs learned that the hard way. (laughs) So. Our first outing was a success. We had about 20 people join us for a dinner. We raised about $1,000, which was nice. We had the money. What do you do with it? So moment of panic. Well, how can we we get rid of this? We don't need to be holding on to this kind of thing. So I contacted the Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. I told her my mission statement, my story. And she said, what a fun thing to do. Thank you so much. Of course I will take your money. She had a fantastic aura about her. And I just kind of asked her, hey, what do you do with the money? She said, I pay myself a small salary. I also have a day job, but this is in remembrance of my son. I said, how unfortunate, but great is that, that you keep your son's memory alive through this? And you educate uh, the masses about testicular cancer awareness. This is great. How would you feel about maybe a little partnership where once a year I kick you a check? She said, let me let me think about it, of course, because you don't just agree to that, right? Fast forward almost seven years later in 15 beer schools, we've been donating to them. Of course, with COVID, we couldn't. Um, right. She, fun fact, actually signed on Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. If you oh, no are way. a Marvel fan, at the end of the Deadpool movie or beginning, there's a, a bonus feature, a spoiler. You can look it up on YouTube, and he does a little plug for Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. It's pretty fantastic. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, yeah, so I knew I was I was donating to the right cause. So we've been very fortunate, man. You know, you were on the, you were on the one during the pandemic, and uh, we we've uh, only done two since then. They've each been a great success for us, just breaking even because, as you know, uh, maybe the listeners don't, I actually fund this thing out of my pocket. So running Blue Point is is not my day job. Uh, I use my own funds to pay for all the beer at the events, pay for the uh, stickers, the merch, the swag, all that kind of stuff. Um, the only thing that I ask for in return from my benefactors is a small swag basket with some glassware, some shirts, maybe, you know, a little uh, gift card or something. That way we can go above and beyond the cost and kick some money back to TCAF. That's great. And 
what surprised me in uh, sort of when I first got to know you is I actually thought uh, Blue Pint was a 501c3. And so, um, you know, it, it's really, I think, even more impressive that you're doing this without that distinction, because as you say, it, it comes out of your pocket and it makes it harder, I imagine, to solicit donations. It, it does. And uh, thank you for that. Um, the reason I decided not to do a 501 is it's, it's just a personal preference. I don't feel that it's appropriate to have a 501 where you pay your board members. Um, and most okay. 501s, unfortunately, do pay their board members to control the direction, the flow of their money. You absolutely do not have to pay them, but then you're reliant upon friends, family, people you trust to give up their time. And I hate right. asking that of anyone. And yeah. One of the largest reasons is I found out that I can't just go into a hospital and pay somebody's bills as a 501, which was one of the dreams. It was like, oh, we have all this money. We can just go into, they can take your money, but they can't guarantee specifically that it's going to go to that patient. So really, yeah, kind of one of those things um, that, that was kind of a, a deflator and attracted, but ultimately, you know, we just keep the 501 stuff separate give our money to TCAF. She knows what to do with it better than I do. I just like to get out in the community and promote positivity, drink some good beer and, you know, spread the word about testicular cancer awareness. But to your point, we don't ask for donations ever. If somebody's like, hey, can I give you money? No. Go to TCAF. If you can in the memo line, say, hey, Blue Pine Society sent us something of that nature. Um, All we say is, Support your local breweries, support your local businesses. And if, you know, you like what we're doing, drop a thing and say, hey, you know what would be cool? If you guys had a gift card or something at Blue Pine Society's next event. And we just go by word of mouth. And we've been very, very fortunate to have a, a base of, of people that we know and love and trust. And it's just how we get the word out, man. Again, that's something I really admire. And, and before we went on air, I told you that, you know, I, I was going to be, I told you I was going to say that I, I think you're an example of of positive masculinity. And, and the reason I say that is because I think masculinity right now is one of those things where there are very few people who I'd actually want to have a conversation with who are talking about what it means to be a man. I think most of the people talking about what it means to be a man are, well, they're dipshits. I think they're (laughs) well put, sir. Well put. Just as some people will tell you that God told me to do this and God always tells them to do the thing they wanted to do anyways, people, men will use, well, I'm a man as an excuse to write off their worst traits, their absolute mm-hmm. worst traits. And that becomes the definition of masculinity, being a, being a brute, being a, a boor, a bully, a schmuck. And I don't like that because that is bullshit. And what you do with Blue Pint and, and generally speaking, you know, what you've done is what I think good men do. They, they support others. They help build community. They raise awareness of issues which need to be addressed. And again, I, I think the more we can do to support that behavior and make that the definition of what constitutes a man, I think the better, the better we're doing. And the more we displace this narrative that, again, to be a man is to be a creep and to be a, a, the bad kind of pervert. You know, it's okay because, you know, it's okay to be the good kind of pervert, but like, you know, to be a creep, to be, to make other people uncomfortable, to, to somehow lump all those things in uh, under being a man when an actual fact 
it's got nothing to do with it. That's just being an asshole. Absolutely. I think you hit that on the head. Uh, again, you did, you did prepare me because you knew that it'd take me by surprise. Uh, thank you for that, man. I, it, it really resonates and, and greatly appreciated. Um, it it kind of goes back to, to the beginning of why we picked testicular cancer. My friend that passed from it, we were in the gym doing squats and uh, he came up real quick and he's like, oh man, that kind of hurt. And I'll be a hundred percent transparent. I was like, ah, you pussy, walk it off. <laughs> um, right, right. You know, that was in my early twenties, but again, that's how you were kind of taught to kind of take things. It's like, yeah, I cut myself and eh, rub some dirt on it, throw a duct tape yeah. on it, get out of here. You're um, fine. Really, really sobered me up in my mind of thinking or my, my clarity was when we went to the hospital and uh, he was diagnosed stage four and short oh, time wow. frame he passed. That, that brings you back to why would you ever think that it's okay to brush something like that off? You, you absolutely shouldn't. You should go get checked. And um, one of the things that we try to break everybody's uh, mindset of or, 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 you know, that characterization of, of being a man, get your nuts checked. It's fun in the shower with a partner I don't care who you're in there with. Have them check you out because they're going to find something before you will because you're used to it. Uh, yep. Secondly, it is a little bit unnerving to talk to anybody about testicular health. But you got a guy like me, big bearded dude up there just saying, hey, you know what? Check your nuts because I want to see you here drinking beer tomorrow. It brings a little levity to the situation. And you're just kind of able to break that ice and especially they love that shower thing. They, they always laugh about it. <laughs> and, you know, we're including everybody in it. Um, and, and I, I, again, I really appreciate your take on that, but, but bringing that positivity because I love surrounding myself with positive people. That's not to say we don't often sometimes just kind of get in our own dumps and get in our own way. But I can call somebody like you. I can call somebody like my buddy Alex been there since beer school one super positive dude and it just puts me in my right mind and i'm back in the action and the negativity i mean that happens right like we we all hit bumps in the road and i think you know the tox i mean the word toxicity i think gets maybe overused but toxic positivity is a thing you know there, there's a podcast i i listen to he's he's on hiatus now but uh this is van color he's a local guy he's over in vancouver but he's very a uh, fellow's name's Mo Amir, and he's very, very open about how he had been a toxically positive person because he would just, no matter what happened, he'd say, well, good vibes. And it, it, you know, it, the body, the emotion, it, yeah, the body, because emotions are part of the body as much as again, idiots will try and tell you that, well, no, you know, tough it out or whatever. Emotions are chemical reactions happening in the brain. It, it's as much as part of your physicality as digesting something, you know? And, and if you try to repress that, it, it just, it, it catches up with you another way. Like I, I always say that crying is like taking an emotional shit. What happens if you got to go to the can and you don't do it long enough? Does it go away? No, of course it doesn't. You just end up shitting your pants and you, and you just, and, and along the way you get grumpier and grumpier and grumpier. No one likes being around you because you're the guy who's desperately trying not to shit his pants. And crying is the same thing. It's like taking a shit for your soul. It is cleansing. It's a good thing. But again, we're hung up on these notions that, well, no, emotions are not, 
They're not physical things, so they don't matter. And no, they absolutely matter. And so when bad shit happens, you just got to roll with it. You got you to work through it. And as you say, when you've got a good group around you, that makes all the difference. Years ago, I don't, I don't think I've told you the story. Years ago, I participated in a men's group. I was invited by this retired salesman I used to go for coffee with. He took me to this men's group. I won't say the name of it because I've heard they're litigious, but it was about 30 men. And we, we met in a, I believe it was one of them owned an auto shop. So we met in the auto shop and I am not a joiner. I'm not a group guy. I love people, but I'm not, I'm very wary of groups. When someone's really nice to me, my first thought is, uh, especially if it's a man, I know this is not very nice. I think, are you a white supremacist? You know, <laughs> I, I, my first thought is to be suspicious, which is not good, but regardless, I, uh, I went to this group and what I thought was valuable about it is they sit in a circle and everyone talks about brief in brief, what's going on with their lives. And if they have a problem, they talk about it. And then you've got 30 different men, all from different walks of life who weigh in on it and they'll offer their perspective that I thought was really valuable, but there's also this insane side to it, which is involves a sort of a, a group sport to start the, the, the meeting off. But what I found is there was a lot of physical violence that happened during it. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked because quite frankly, if you put hands on me, I will come for you. I don't like being touched. And I don't, I'm not one of those guys who grew up like scuffling for fun. So to mm. me, if you strike me, well, now I have to burn your house down because uh, like you have declared war. And I know that sounds silly, but it's just, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have like a moderated response to physical violence. And so someone hit me and I lost my fucking mind. Oh. And, um, it was just, it, and he seemed to think it was hilarious. And anyways, point being, it, there was this, this really dark side to it. Oh, and not mm-hmm. only that. And, uh, I, I'll make this quick cause I'm interviewing you, not the other way around, but <laughs> you could only go to three meetings before you had to join. And if you wanted to join, there was a process and the process was, it wasn't blood in blood out, but you know, I did wonder, um, you had to go into the circle of men and grab your balls and scream, fuck it. That was, that was you acknowledging wow. that you, like you were possessing your manhood and you were going to join the group. And, and I think it's, it tells you a lot about the kind of people who were involved with this, that the guy who took the vow at the one meeting I was at, he had a broken arm from where he punched a wall. Like this tells you the kind of people, you know, the sort of the level we're dealing with here. Right. And in order to join, not only did you have to take the vow by doing what I've described, you then had to go to the weekend and the weekend Mm. is something this organization (laughs) does. And these guys are all over North America. And I'm sure they still are, but you are not allowed to talk about what happens at the weekend. It's, it's fight club-esque in its secrecy. Right. But I did a little digging and there is a lot of, again, insane shit, like being naked and urinating in corners and like hitting each other and just this lunacy. And I, I thought yeah, this like is, somebody just watched Discovery Channel on repeat, like a special about wolves. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it really does. And what's fantastic right. about that is I did a little bit of digging into this group and the founder, whose, again, name I will not say, is no. nowhere near what his real name is. And it's because his real, in his previous life, he was being pursued for fraud. Ah, so the guy's just a bullshit okay. artist. 
But there's all this insanity built around it because there are men who are so desperately looking for some kind of leadership, some kind of way to define themselves that they'll follow mm-hmm. these crazy people and these these charlatans. And again, I, I just think it's it's horrifying. And that's again why I value you know the message of Blue Pine so much because a bunch of guys getting together, having beers. There's there's no better place to share a positive message than that. Dude, I, I everything you just said. It, it's uh, I have to go back to your um, the touching thing. So I grew up on a farm. You you know that up in the PNW, um, right? Dude, my my cousins and I wrestled all the time. Like it was it was <laughs> right. a thing. It's like that's how you express yourself. Like oh, you don't you don't like the fact that uh, you got pushed out of the tree? Fight me, bro. I mean, it was right. just, this is one of those redneck mentality things. Oh, you want to go shoot BB guns at each other? Yeah, that's great. I am the exact same way. I do not get the, uh, what was that game that they used to play? The, the dick slap game. Um, it was, this it is was news around to me, when I was I in my, believe it exists. It was probably an American thing, dude. I mean, let's be honest. It was when I was in my early 20s, but everybody was just nut tapping each other. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, look, this is at my little sister's wedding. And if y'all do this to me again, it's game on. Well, uh, Wesley, I know you're going to listen to this. Remember how that fork <laughs> felt in the back of your hand? You didn't do that shit after that, did you? <laughs> telling you. I got that. I got that button, though. I don't you don't you don't touch uh, the upper chest region. Just let me know if you want a hug. I'll give you a hug, high five, whatever. But, but don't don't come grab me. Be on the ground with a bar stool in your throat. Um, and that's but- it. And I, <laughs> I feel like it's not a complicated concept. But it's again, not. keep your fucking hands to yourself. We learned that in kindergarten. <laughs> you'd think you would think. But in the modern climate, when you talk about that, because that is always, again, I think that's a really important thing because that's always framed in the context of, of dating or women, you know, like, well, don't touch, you know, don't put your hands on women. You know, don't put your fucking hands on anybody unless you're invited to. It's the easiest shit. And what bothers me is that this always gets turned into the most extreme version of that argument. Oh, Mm. I can't touch anybody anymore. No, you absolutely can. If they want to be fucking touched there, I just solved the problem. Hey. Do you mind if I give you a hug? Hey, do you mind if I, you know, it's, it's fine. And if you've got a rapport with someone, obviously there is a baseline consent established, you know, for, oh, for yeah. some kind of contact. But yeah, yeah, I just, I don't understand why this is a complex concept. Keep your goddamn it, hands off me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shouldn't be. One of the things that I love about beer school is I have a, it's, it's probably going to be in the high sixties retention rate. So it's a lot of repeat guys and oh, wow. their wives and partners that come in and it's nothing but love. It's, it's a hug. Hey, it's good to see you. I'm glad you made it to another one. Thanks for coming out and trusting me that I'm going to have some cool shit here, but you're going to want to win or just some good beers, you know, and it's even the new people we get, I go approach every single table while my, while my brewery guys are up giving their spiel and I just make sure everybody's comfortable. And again, I do. Cause I don't like being like grabbed from behind or anything. Cause that's just weird to me. But, I, but I always tell them, I'm like, look, would you mind if I give you a hug? No. Okay, cool. Let's bring it in. Let's get a hug going. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. And I, we just try to follow up with that. We just try to keep it positive and it's not that fake positive, you know, because I am genuinely glad that you've listened to the message and we've had people beat this thing. We, we have people 
that show up that have uh, had the disease and, and gotten it beat or said, hey, man, the guy you had on here, um, I'm just going to name drop him, uh, Grant Waster. And uh, he's a, he, he does his day job. Um, but one of his passion projects is uh, Innocence Beer Co. And uh, he okay. is a testicular cancer survivor. People love his story about his brewing and, and being that guy that beat it. Yeah, man, it's, just, it's such a great time. And uh, for anybody that's on the fence, if you're, if you're here in Arizona or you're traveling to Arizona, can always go check out the website. We'll cover that later. But like I said, it's all about love, education, and just getting that feeling that you matter and you, you should take care of yourself. Absolutely. And so uh, since we're talking about it, tell me a little bit about what's coming up with Beer School 15. So Beer School 15, it's October 23rd. It's going to be at 11 a.m. I can't believe it's been 15 already. It's, it's a little <laughs> insane um, for me to even think about. But we will be out in Litchfield Park, Arizona. It'll be at TCBC Beer. We absolutely love those guys. It's a transplant from the Pacific Northwest, Mr. Polly Powers, and his, uh, his, one of his best friends, Justin Egbert from California. Those two dudes have been rocking it. Their wives support him 100%. Their wives still keep the day job. Polly's got his day job, but Justin's in that brewery full-time, and he brews on a one-gallon system. So for anybody that doesn't know what that is, he's basically to brew a batch of beer for his tap room. He's got to brew three times. Um, it's just, it's a little crazy, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we've got, um, front porch coming in from Northern Phoenix. Uh, they will be at TCBC. We have, um, founders brewing company and they will be there on site with some cans and that kind of stuff. And then we have got uh, local barbecue guy, Sean from smoke slab barbecue. Uh, that is that mustard that I still owe you. But again, oh, right, yeah. wait until that temperature drops in Phoenix <laughs> yeah. to send it because it'll just die in the pavement right now. Fair. But um, yeah, man. So you show up. I give my spiel about Blue Point. We talk about testicular cancer for a few minutes. And then it's just an intimate kind of deal where you as a, as a person, you don't sometimes get to interact with the owners and the brewers. And so they sit up front, they talk about their beer, their core mission, their statement, all that kind of stuff. I interact a little bit more, bring in the next beer. And in between, you're just, you get little six ounce beers to sip on, hang out. We've got food. And um, after everything's said and done, it takes a couple hours out of your day. You got a nice little buzz going, do Uber or any of that kind of stuff or get a DD. We highly, highly encourage that. And uh, we have a swag raffle where anybody that donates uh, items to that raffle, or I should say give because I don't really take donations, but um, right. they are either giving or donating. And uh, we just raffle off those items. And uh, like I said, it goes to pay for the website, the stickers, custom glassware, hats, shirts, all that stuff that I've got and uh, reimburse me for the beer. That's never cheap. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. And then once a fiscal year, when we have a profit, just cut it back to TCAF. Um, That's very cool. It's always a great time. And the community supports us. Uh, it's just super fun. Of course, I'm a little biased because I've been to 15 of them. You got to be your biggest cheerleader, right? 
Yeah, 100%. And, and uh, if you're not, call me and I'll be your cheerleader. I got you. I believe it. So this one is um, on the poster. It's titled as uh, Beer School 15 Awakenings. Where does that come from? Uh, that's a great question, man. Um, and uh, I don't know if you if you picked up. I'm sure you did. But uh, in the lettering, it says a king awakening a king. Just a different um, yes. little coloration on that. Um, I will fully, fully admit that I got stagnant for a little bit. And it's easier just to throw kind of a beer festival type thing where you've got a tent and beer and a tent and beer and a tent. It just repetitive. It's not personal. It just not to take anything away from that style of atmosphere because there's a lot of people that love it, myself included. But for the longest time, I just felt like the message wasn't being pushed as much as it should be. So right. the previous one was uh, titled Grassroots. So I took every bit of Beer Festival vibe out of it, went back to this three-person rotation and um, remixed it all up, made it more of an intimate setting. And then I was like, man, if that was Grassroots, this one should be my awakening, realizing that sometimes it's better to start back from basics. So. We've now awakened, realized that it's easier to create that setting to where you're interacting with people in that environment one-on-one -on -one time. And it's just, it, it, it's well-received more so than the actual festival environment. So it's all about me clearing out my head, <laughs> realizing right. that I got to get back to where it started from. Right. I know I find there is a rib fest that comes through Victoria every year. And I mean, I love ribs, you know, I love ribs. I love barbecue, but I find that it's the same vendors every year. It's, this, it's that what you're talking about. It's a very impersonal environment. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of years, I sort of found myself thinking, eh, I don't really need to go this year. Like I, I, yep. you know, as much as I like barbecue, do I really want to stand in line in the sun for this? You know, and, and especially, I mean, not even if we set aside the current conditions, cause I hadn't gone for a couple of years. But yeah, it, it just, it lacks a little something. And so when you've got that, right. it serves its purpose to, to be sure. And, and as you say, there are, there is a lot to like about it, but to make it more intimate, I think it seems so much more appealing to me. And I know certainly when I, when I'm on the road again, I'm, I'm looking forward to hitting up a beer school. That would be, that would be killer, man. We got your spot booked. So with past beer schools, you've sort of had a brew specific to the school. Are you doing that again this time around? Absolutely. I'm so excited about that. I mean, I'm excited about a lot of them, but uh, we brought in again, front porch and uh, Trevor and his dad brought um, cocoa nib husks. Now, a lot of brewers oh. use cocoa nibs, really, really expensive, but the husks themselves were discarded. And right. somebody found out a few years ago that they offer not as much flavor as that cocoa nib, but they offer an aromatic presence and they just give you that subtlety of flavor, just enough chocolate that you just you get it. You know, I hate the word mouthfeel and sensory, but you get it in the back of your palate and it just gives you that nice chocolate experience without being overbearing. Okay. So we knew they had that coming in and I said, man, you know what would be killer? I want to do a salted caramel type of brew because weather's going to finally be cooling down. Let's prep for fall. 
Um, my buddy Orlando said, why don't we make it, you know, kind of a, a, a brown type of deal. So there it is. We, we're swinging with a, a salted caramel brown with some chocolate notes. Uh, oh, interesting. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's going to be. Um, I found some uh, Snyder's of Hanover pretzel rods. We're going to do caramel and chocolate on that and throw that oh, in the beer nice. for, our, for our people. And it's going to be a good time, man. I'm, I'm super pumped for this. We tasted the uh, the wort and then the uh, pre-carbonation slash fermentation. And uh, it's, uh, what is that cereal? Uh, Count Chocula or Cocoa Pebbles. It's oh, got yeah, that yeah. vibe all the way through right now. <laughs> Just a hit of caramel. So... Yeah, Speaking my language. I, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm grinning ear to ear. I know you can see me, but I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited about this beer coming out. That is coming up, I believe, in a week, a week from when this episode airs. This episode airs on the 14th, I believe. Uh, let me just double check. Yes, this episode will drop on the 14th of October. So that's coming up on the 21st or the 23rd. Uh, we're rolling with Saturday the 23rd. That's it. Perfect. And there are still tickets available. Yes. As of right now, I have got nine tickets left. Uh, we generally sell out two weeks beforehand. I tried it still with, you know, the little people not wearing masks and that kind of stuff. We still try to just limit it due to, you know, just make people feel comfortable. We are sure, in yeah. an indoors space. Um, so we'll limit it to 60, 60 people. Uh, but the last two that we've ran after everything have sold out two weeks beforehand. So if you're listening to this, when brand drops it, which you should be, this should be one of your top priorities. Uh, Again, no argument. <laughs> head over to uh, <laughs> fresh ticks. That's F R E S H T I X.com slash events slash B S X V. Grab yourself a ticket. Perfect. Well, folks, there you have it. Make sure to go check out blue pine society. You're supporting a great cause. I, I know predatory charities. Uh, believe me, that's a story for another show. I know predatory charities and these are good people doing good work and uh, they're absolutely worthy of your support. So Mark, thank you so much for being here, man. And uh, where can everyone find you online? Thank you, my friend. Uh, so you, we can go to uh, facebook.com slash blue pint society, Instagram, blue pint society. And then of course, blue pint society.com. Folks, Make sure to check out the Blue Pine Society's website. Obviously, they're an Arizona-based organization, so if you're not in Arizona, you're not going to be able to attend beer school, but hey, you never know when you're going to be passing through. And regardless of whether or not you can attend beer school or even participate directly with Blue Pine Society, as Mark said, check your nuts. Because you know what? The folks who listen to this show, you're probably pretty good people. And I think the world would benefit from having you around as long as possible. Take care of your health, take care of each other, and do the best you can. All right. So, reminder, if you want to hear the additional 45 minutes of me and Mark talking up chicken wings, head on over to patreon.com slash largely the truth. That's patreon.com slash largely the truth. And for only $2 a month, you get access to an ad-free feed, plus bonus conversations when available. Thanks again to Mark Semler, founder and CEO of the Blue Pine Society, for hanging out with me today. Mark is a good guy. I consider him a friend. And uh, like I said, I think they're doing good work over there at Blue Pint. Thanks also to Peter Kursoff of Bizanta Music for my fabulous theme song. You can find more from him at nightharvestrecordings.com or wherever. You stream your music, just search for Bizanta Music and he'll be there. 
Finally, thank you for listening. Without you, there wouldn't be much point. Until next time, I hope the night takes you to the same strange and wonderful places it takes me. And remember, if you're not sure what comes next, put a call out into the dark. You never know who's going to pick up. I'll see you next time. <laughs>